0: Welcome, everybody, to episode four of the Functional Firefighter Framework podcast. Uh, as you guys can see, we have our first uh, in-studio guest. Um, everyone, this is Randy Anderson. Thank you very much for joining us today, Randy. We, we extremely, really much appreciate uh, you coming in um, and, and sharing your story and, and really diving into what grit is. So mm-hmm. in this episode, we're going to be discussing grit, uh, its importance, how it's developed, and uh, how sometimes it could uh, be used against you. So uh, if you want to give us a little
1: intro of yourself, um, a little little history, a little backstory. Yeah, uh, Randy Anderson, uh, 20 year. I got hired in 20 or 2004, I think it was. So almost 20-year veteran in the fire service. Um, I was an explorer for four years prior to that. I grew up in the fire service Um about five years into my career, I was, yeah, being an explorer for so long, I kind of had an idea of what firefighting was. I, I knew what the job was and then get into, I was at a busy station. I was a station one for a long time. Um, I got to do the job. I got to go on fires all the time. I got to experience what it was to be a real fireman. Um, then I got kind of stagnant after about five years and I wanted to challenge myself again. I kind of recognized that I wasn't, I wasn't really motivated the way I I had been when I was an explorer and a rookie. And so I decided to follow a a dream of mine that nobody really knew I had, but it was something that I always had inside me was I wanted to either be a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret. I think that was just something I thought would be the coolest thing to do. And I started looking into it and finding out how I could make it work and found out I could actually do it and keep my job on the fire department. So I pursued it, made it. Uh, took about four years to get through all the training, became a Green Beret, and yeah, I did both for eight years. I stayed as a special forces soldier in the Army and then would come back from deployments or training and pick up firefighting and go back and forth. So it was it was tough, challenging to do both, but I loved every minute of it, and uh, I got to kind of pursue two different dreams, which not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So I was grateful to be
2: able to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure that's that's uh that's awesome because that's like uh that's like being the ultimate man right in my mind it was for real for sure like there's not a lot of people that do get to do both right at the same time Right. right um
1: you know it's I had kind of like going through my addiction experience I had kind of like an ego death I would call it where those things didn't mean as much to me as far as the perspective of what other people thought which when I did it that was a big part of it like I want people to look up to me I want to be this guy um but going through, I think the benefit of going through the addiction stuff was that I actually look back and say, you know what, this, I can appreciate it now for me, not not what other people thought of me. Like I did it because it was something in my heart that drove me to that, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, I guess let's get into that. Like how, yeah. what, what, what happened? Like what kind of led to the addiction? Okay. Yeah. So man,
1: it's, it's that's a tricky one because it's never, it's not a straight line, at least for me. I I know for some people they you'll hear stories and, and, and I watch a lot of stuff on addiction now, especially because once you're an addict, you're an addict, right? That's, that's the mentality of it. That's what they teach you in treatment. Um, but looking at it from, let's see, how do I say it? It's It's for me. It wasn't like some people can take a drug and they're addicted, right? They they try a drug and they're like they're an addict, and that's 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 the path they go down. For me, it was very different. I grew up, I grew up kind of difficult, a difficult childhood. Um, I grew up. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I had a younger sister. We moved here to Vegas after my dad was hurt. Uh, he was a contractor, had a construction company. He was hurt on the job. Got where they told him he'd never walk again. He was paralyzed basically. And uh, he lost everything. And we moved, we went from having like boats and cars and nice house up to the time I was like 10 years old back East to having to living in an apartment in Vegas and having nothing and being poor, like trying to figure out how we're going to survive. And in that time, my parents got divorced and me and my sister stayed with my mom and we went through some really difficult times. My mom struggled with addiction too. And... I mean, it got to the point where it was so rough for us, we were actually stealing food from grocery stores to eat. And that's, and, and it's, it's, you know, I don't want to, my family's amazing. My mom went through her stuff. I've gone through my stuff. So it's, it's not a judgment thing, but um, kind of going through that experience, I really, uh, I really got discouraged with, with just life because I had this amazing childhood and it kind of fell apart. And then I was like trying to take care of my sister and myself and I just got frustrated when my dad came back in the picture and kind of took over. I, I just went and like kind of leaned on all my friends, which were shitheads. I became a really, I was doing uh, experimenting with drugs. All this stuff is as, as I think I was like 13, 14 at the time. Right. And, uh, I became a car thief. I was stealing cars. Like this is, this is the path I went down. Uh, I got in a high speed chase with the cops in a stolen car and got arrested. And, when I went to court, the judge looked at my record and he saw, I was like a straight A student at one point and then things fell off. And he timed that up with the divorce, really intuitive guy. And he's like, I think this kid just had a tough situation hit him and he didn't know how to deal with it. And so he put me in uh, a program like probation where I went to golden gloves, the boxing Mm -hmm, uh, facility here in Vegas. And I was just sweeping up and doing chores and shit like that. And, uh, eventually they saw that I was there every day. And one of the the head uh, boxing, he was a referee, Joe Cortez. And he saw me in there every day. And he's like, do you want to learn how to box? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And he started training me. I was training with uh, Layla Ali was in there all the time. Archie Moore's daughter was in there all the time. I was like meeting Mike Tyson was in there a lot. I was getting to meet these people and training in the gym that they're training in, you know. And that kind of shifted my mentality from wanting to be a, a, a fuck up to Like, maybe there's something more I can do, right, with life. And that transitioned into uh, learning about fire explorers. I was about 16 at that time and got into explorers, and that really just drove me into a different path, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So just coming now that we're out of it and— Mm-hmm. going through what you went through and, and still in the things you experienced in the station and yeah having to however long that was which none of us really know right what what would have been more what resources could uh the fire service had provided to you
1: um or what could we have done better on our end right so the first thing i want to say about that is like i don't want to i, I want to talk about this stuff in a way that that's going to help people but i also want to make sure that i'm not like diminishing my personal responsibility for it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the primary thing. Like I take full personal responsibility. Like I, I allowed this to happen to myself. Right. And and you asked the question, like, how did this addiction happen? And that's, that's kind of why I brought up the story of my childhood with my relationship with drugs was recreational, you know, and even as a fireman, like, there we'd be at parties. We do things. Guys, some guys party a little harder. Some guys, you know, whatever, and and it's the same thing in special ops. You know, the, some guys go pretty hard. They they don't they're they're the, the kind of guys that are willing to go and fucking run into a burning building or run to a gunfight are also the kind of guys that are willing to do a fucking line of blow off the table. Like that's 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 a common thing that I've seen in in the in the world of these two types of people. You know that that they're. They're hard chargers. They're but they're also you know susceptible to these other types of uh, I don't know what to call them.
0: Stimuluses, stimuli, stimuli. or
1: or just yeah distractions, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think as far as the addiction stuff and what what I really want to kind of get across with that is it's not it's not one domino that falls and now you're an addict. It's not like I woke up one day and oh I'm a heroin addict. No, it it took a lot of fucked up things to happen. A lot of different things had to fall out of place before it was like, oh, now here's where I'm at, right? Um, I got put on Oxycontin after my last deployment and never took them. I was getting prescribed them all the time, but I would take them for the pain because I was in a lot of pain. I'd take them for the pain sometimes, but I, I didn't really give a shit about them. And then when I went through a divorce and was dealing with the, the the thoughts I had and just just the PTSD started really kicking in for me when I was going through a lot of other trauma. It's like they compound, right? Then those pills became a way for me to feel better. They, they became a way for me to feel like I want to get out of bed. I was I was feeling depressed, which is something I'm not used to. I'm a happy dude. Mm. I'm a motivated guy. I didn't want to go to the gym anymore. That was really the last domino that fell for me was not wanting to work out. Once that was gone, I was off to the races, right? Like so and then looking at coming back from that, one of the first things that came back was I want to work out again. I want to feel better, you know. Um, so for people that are going through this, dude, like for, as far as addiction, especially with our community, it's 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 a slow burn. It, it, at least for me, it was it crept up where oh I'm just taking my medication as prescribed. And then it was like, well, this isn't enough to make me feel the same. I had a bunch of extra because I never took it. So I would double up the dose. Right. Before you knew it, my my oxycodone habit was a three hundred dollar a day habit. You know, I was working overtime just to fucking not feel sick. Oh. Yeah, but the department, the first time I reached out for help, is when it got really bad. I was I was running out of money because obviously, and I reached out for help. I think I forget who who I reached out to the time. Our 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 Cisd person at the time. And uh, they put me in a 30-day rehab program, which is great. Like, I didn't know what help I needed. I just knew something was fucked up. Mm-hmm. And they sent me to this program. It was a 30-day detox. And then, bam, I'm back out. And for some people, that works. But not for most, right? Mm-hmm. The The statistics on a 30-day rehab program is, I think it's uh, 80% to 90% relapse rate on that. And I'm a hardcore opiate addict, right, at the time. So that's even a harder thing. Like some people are just drinking. And I'm not saying one's worse than the other, mm-hmm. but but opiates are notoriously hard on the brain for mm-hmm. recovery. Um, so, you know, I went through that 30-day detox. Within two weeks of being back, I relapsed. And, and if I was going to say why that happened, I think it's most likely because they didn't give me the tools. And that amount of time, you really can't develop the tools to learn how to not, feel this way you're not going through the psychotherapy that's because what is addiction it's a symptom of a mental problem right and so in 30 days you're not treating that that real symptom of or you're not treating that real problem that's causing the symptom of addiction um so where i think things could have been different and on my second time when things really got bad i got arrested at work well i got arrested for having drug paraphernalia at work Um, and that really, I was sat in jail for two days. I remember sitting before I went into the courtroom and I was praying and I said, man, I can't believe I let it get to this point. And I said a prayer and said, you know, if I get another chance, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck this up. And the DA lady came out to talk to me and she says, you know, well, you have three felonies here for the drugs that you had in your bag. And, you know, you're looking at some serious time for that three felonies, big deal and a gross misdemeanor, I think. And she's, I was like, well, what are the chances if I go into treatment and I do all these things that it'll get dropped? She's like, there's no chance of that. Like, this is, this is serious stuff. And you know, you've already been through a treatment program. Like they had all this history on me. Um, And I was like, well, I mean, I guess this is, this is the, the cost of my mistakes. Right. And I, I said that prayer, I went into court and the DA dropped all the charges right there. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is my second chance. I'm not going to fuck this up. And I went into treatment this time, which was a program that was designed for military and first responders. And I went into this program with a whole different mentality. It was like desperation that I'm going to die from this. This is killing me. This is ruining my life. It's probably cost me my career. It's cost me my family. Um. I went in with a mentality like whatever I need to do, they were having me do yoga, meditate. This is I'm a fucking warrior, bro. I'm a firefighter. Like I don't I don't meditate. I don't do these breathing exercises, but I was so desperate for help that I was willing to embrace whatever they gave me. So I'm in there doing fucking yoga poses every morning. I'm in there doing the meditation. I'm going to float tanks. I'm doing extra shit. Mm-hmm. I'm watching these videos, taking notes, the the fucking um the lead counselor would come in at night. We're in the houses, we're like rehab houses, uh, sober living. And they're coming in there and I'm watching Joe Dispenza videos, like learning about mindfulness and taking notes. And they're like, this dude is fucking on point. Like he's serious. And I think, you know what? And getting, I'm sorry, it's a long, oh, no. No, 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 long deal, <laughs> but to get to the point that what we need to do as a department, we need to figure out a way to get people to see that someone that was as broken as I was, and I'm kind of an extreme case because I have trauma from the military, trauma from life, which everybody has all this shit but and trauma from the fire department for 20 years being at busy houses, right so I think that's kind of an extreme case where it's like this is as fucked up as somebody can be. can we fix him? and if you get him in the right program and he's in the right state of mind, yeah, we can fix him and you know when I went to my disciplinary hearing i I, I said that uh, to the chief I'm like Look, I, I, if you let me come back to work, let me be an example to the guys that no matter how broken we are, we can be fixed, you know. And and let me show that because I'm better, you know. I feel different every day of life is different for me. I wake up and smell the fucking grass, and I'm tasting my food. This is something in my addiction that that didn't happen, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm rambling, Nick. No, you got to rein no, me no, in, bro. Absolutely, no, this no, man. Is, this is uh, yeah. uh,
2: this is solid. So like, was the yeah was the treatment. On the second time, yeah. That was how is it different? Like right. I know you said it was fire firefighter,
1: uh warrior, first responder, first responder there was rangers and there's special ops guys, there was firemen, police officers. But like how was
2: that geared different? You know what I mean? Like how is it geared?
1: So like, this particular program was really focused on like giving you throwing like all the shit at you, right? We were doing EMDR. I was sitting in with brain monitors on, doing meditations and seeing where my fucking brain waves were going. And I'm very science minded. Like I, I, I love science. I fucking I I need to see like where the numbers are to, to believe in something, right? And so going through this this type of understanding of addiction, where they're like, oh well, and we talked about, we're talking about grit, right? Yeah. So this is something I learned in the program that was kind of different for me and really kind of helped me conceptualize what addiction was for me and what I think it is for a lot of people in our community. And what that is is we have this. Amazing willpower. Like I know my willpower is. I'll put it up against anybody. I've been through selection. I've been through fucking fire academy. I was valedictorian at my academy. I was fucking number one graduate soldier of the cycle out of four thousand people in basic training. I was fucking number two in the Q course. I'm always peered one or two overall. Like I'm I'm a fucking dude that's going out and I'm gonna I'm gonna win. I want to win. I want to beat everybody, you know. And 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 just that mentality that willpower, I know I have it, that grit, I have it, whatever that is, wherever that comes from, I've, I've got it, mm-hmm. right? Um, Which was really difficult for me going through addiction is like, how did this happen to me? Like, trying to look at myself and be like, well, how am I here? How, how did I fall down this hole, being knowing that I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking that that having that confidence, and what it is, and what I learned about addiction in the program is, you know, when you're going through Addiction. Once you have, once you take that that drug or that alcohol, whatever it is, that becomes that source for you, and it hijacks your fight or flight. Right now, your willpower is used against you. That same willpower is telling you, you need this to survive. Like this is what you take that drug, or you're going to die. So now that same drive that made you fucking be number one and all it, that that same drive is driving you to a drug.
2: Is driving you to feel, or else you're going to die. Like that's how it feels. So was the program then more geared for? yeah you to perform like it put the power in your hands because we are a bunch of doers right right like, we all are we all are like i don't want you to tell me what to do right i want to do it yeah like, put it put give me the ball i want to take the shot you it, know was, I mean? like, it
1: was it was uh, kind of set up in a way and it, it was perfect for me it was set up in a way where like you're gonna do all these here's your schedule you're gonna do meditation You can do this you can do that and then You're going to, if you do at first, it's like a detox phase. And then it's, it's, it's kind of, they're really regimented, regimented, but excuse me, eventually, uh, once you start doing these things, then you get more and more freedom. So what I noticed is once I got more and more freedom is when I really started to kind of work the program properly. And what I mean is like the first 30 day detox I went to was very regimented because it's the first 30 days, right? Um, not good for guys like us where they're like, wake up at eight, do this, do that. Right. Even in the military, like I hated that part of it, being a special ops. It's like, yeah, you know, what time to be up, you know, where to be, you know, what shit to have, do it. Right. A- autonomy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, I functioned well in that type of environment. Um, and I think a lot of our people do. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so what was good about the program for me that I went through, what really helped me was after you get through that initial phase, which, like I said, my desperation carried me through that. Cause I was like, I'm going to fucking die. I'll do whatever I need to do. But after that, they kind of left it up to you. Like, do you still want to do yoga? And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's helping. Yeah. Like, yeah. my knees never felt better. I thought I was going to have to have surgery on my fucking knee, and I'm doing this <laughs> yoga shit, and now my knee's feeling better. I'm like, I've been squatting for fucking 20 years, bro. My knee never felt good. Yeah. You know, yeah. now, now I'm fucking, it feels great. Yeah. I'm almost 40 years old, and my knees, but yoga yeah. did that, you know? So so during that time when, yeah. you're,
0: when you're in the station before everything goes south, right. um, we're, were you hearing when when the people that were concerned about you, your coworkers, whether it be your captains or your firemen, Dude. from what I'm hearing is you have to own it. You owned it you to have go to in own for it. it to have success. Do you do you hear them? Is there is there anything that individuals can say to someone? Is it just like, hey, man, I have an open door or let me help you?
1: That's so tough. Um, I, My opinion where we're getting this wrong is we – what do we have? We have a guy – that's at this position that we're supposed to go to, right. Or you're supposed to go to your captain. I think the way we're handling um, these problems and what's what we're seeing happen now. And I, and I, I kind of mentioned this to people before, like, this is going to get worse. Just because how they handled me. I'm like, this is not, this is not the way that's going to help people. Like I, I'm fortunate. I'm grateful for the opportunity I had to get help. Um, But a lot of people coming through like my experience The, you know, my, my option was to resign or be fired. Right. After being on the department for 20 years and, and having, you know, this, this much, I I grew up in this department, you know, this, Mm -hmm. this is my life. Yeah. Um, to lose that identity. And, and that was a big, I think that's a kind of a big part I want to touch on too, is we identify so closely with this, this, uh, career, this path, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a firefighter. That's why, Um, that's
0: why people have issues retiring. You have guys that do 40 years because they can't, that's who they are. I am captain. So-and-so, or I am like, this is who I Mm -hmm. am.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, that, that point coming out of this, that was one of the biggest challenges I faced as far as the aftermath. And I think, you know, for people that are looking at getting help, seeing somebody like me get let go or, you know, or uh, some of the other situations that we've recently had, it's like, man, do I really want to reach out? Do I really want to get help? Like, look how they look what happened to this guy. He was a good, dude. You know, I, I, I don't think. I don't think people feel that that's their option. I don't think people feel like they have an option to go to some, especially if they're in a level of addiction like I was where they're using a hard drug. Like, I'm not going to go to my I'm not going to go to you, Nick. I look up to you, bro. I'm not going to go to you and be like, hey, hey, dude, I'm fuck, I'm using heroin. I'm fucked up. Like, I can't function without this drug you know but if people like me who've been through that are around you know like i was a fucking heroin addict i was an opiate addict right and i'm okay now that that's what we need we need people that have been through it that are on the other side of it to to be there and say hey you can make it through this
2: like like if we had somebody so like with this process somebody that's separate from administration yeah that you could go and speak to right and be like hey yeah and and not because it I'm sure it was even hard to tell, even if you're friends with your Dude. captain, it's probably hard to be like, Hey man, yeah, like, this is, this is what I'm going through. Right. Yeah. But if we had somebody who obviously had buy-in that was separate from administration, mm-hmm. who could get you to that first responder specific rehab, just even to talk to brother. Yeah. Like just to be able to, just
1: to be able to say, Hey, this is what's going on. I want to tell, I need to tell somebody, you know how long I kept that fucking secret years, years. I wasn't sleeping at work. I didn't sleep ever at work. All right. Forty eight hours, seventy two hours, whatever it was, I was up. And if I did fall asleep, I had nightmares. And ask the guys, Ask the guys on my crew. They used to come in with a stick and poke me and shit. Like, oh, he's fucking sleeping and we gotta get him up. And like that's that's not a fucking life, dude. Yeah. That's that's not living, you know? I was just I was just surviving every day.
2: What would have uh <clears throat> after Yeah, let's say after the uh the three month uh uh-huh. rehab. Right. What would have been an appropriate like kind of return to duty? Like, would it have been good to come back to like a like a an administrative function for I a couple months absolutely. before you rotate back into
1: what would a station it, life? what I think would be a cool way to set it up if it, if it was. And this is just my opinion, dude. I don't know shit, right? Oh well, no,
2: you've got a, you've got the best perspective, man. Because you have been through this. What, so like what, what would have been what like if this is the perfect world and you get to yeah, write the so division what, inside the what department? It, what when is you it? go
1: through a treatment program, like one of the things that like AA, for example, one of the things they teach you is giving that what you have now. You now you're clean and you're you're doing it. One of the things you have to do is give that back to other people, and that that helps keep you sober, right? Um, so getting to come back, like you go through this this kind of program, you've been through all the shit in to come back and say, okay, now you, you have a different perspective. You've been through addiction. You've been through all this PTE, you have PTSD from the job. You have it from whatever, you know, being able to come back and be in a position where you can help guys. Admin takes you in, say, for example, and, and now you're on this, this, you're in this committee or this, whatever, this, this space where people can come to you and talk. Right. Because dude, I'm telling you right now, even this happened to me, I get guys calling me being like, bro, how do you get better? You know? Yeah, so sure. it's already happened. It happens because they already look at me as one of those people that's, he's on the other side of this. And then we have a lot of people more than you guys think, or maybe, well, you know, but I'm saying, dude, I know. <laughs> well, and, we have and, a lot of dudes going through the same. And I'm sure. Or worse.
2: Well, and dude, you know, like you were one of our, uh, most beloved, like guys love you. They respect you. You know what I mean? Thanks, like bro. it hurt, it hurt all of us. And I, like I, we talked about this, I mm. think, uh, I think this is going to be good for our members to get some closure because they care about you. You yeah. know what I mean? So that been, but then having like uh, maybe, maybe you get a little counseling or yeah. uh, like a little counselor thing after your name. And yeah, mm-hmm. that could be a something because Dude. having lived it. Yeah. Like, like if I'm, if I'm going to go get trained by somebody, right. Like physically, mm-hmm. I want them to have gone through or been, been there, done that, been there, done that. Yep. I don't want somebody to guess yeah. based off of theory or... Right. Like, like education. I want sure. I want to go talk to, like, the best of the best, or so whoever's been through whatever that yeah. I'm seeking advice on. I want to talk to them because they've lived it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, like, ma- man, like, if somehow we could have, like, a position mm-hmm. where you could... Because guys reach out to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they... The guys are hurt. Uh, you're right. It's, we it's get, getting we, worse. And we get... Uh, yeah. What are they? Was it a toxic handler, right? Yeah. We get that. Yeah. We get... Uh, a lot of phone calls and face to face. Like, hey man, what do you think about this? I'm going through this. I'm like, I don't know. I'll find. I'll, I'll yeah. look around. I don't know. Right? Yeah. What and to
0: do. and that's I think an alarming part of just the the fire service in general. I think of checking that box. of, yeah. Oh, we hired a counselor, or we hired yeah, this. Yeah, that's, and that's what it feels like. And you know, it, 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 it is. Like, and yeah. because even if like uh, like an EAP program, I, I don't think there's.
1: that's all admins that's admin perspective so if they if you go to
0: any cap i mean there might be a few captains that uh, have a little insight on on what there are but there are for the most part though if people come to them and go hey i i got this problem they're like i have a i think the eap program is where so it just is that that is not
1: that doesn't feel like a comfortable place when you're like in a dark place that you're not thinking like what can admin do for me You're not thinking that way, (laughs) right? I mean, (laughs) I I might go to a dude that I trust, and that's the kind of shit that happens, right? You go to your brother, you go to your fucking sister. You look, you're like, yo, I'm fucked up. Something's wrong, and I've done that, you know. But, but the problem is, what's what's the hardest thing to do in the fire service? Change, right? That's the hard. We don't we don't know how to fucking change well, Mm -hmm. and so we're going through. We're getting overworked. We're getting we're getting more work with less fucking resources, right? guys are what we don't know how to recognize the PTSD, the type of ptsd that we have right and going through different types of ptsd having experienced that big t's little t's they call it in in uh treatment like the big traumas little traumas having gone through different stuff like that i recognize it now on the other side of it like man dude that that accumulative effect of seeing dead kids seeing the fucked up shit we see whatever it is that affects you Maybe that doesn't affect you. Maybe this does. The weird shit. Sometimes you go on a call and you're just like, why is this fucking wind? Why am I still thinking about it? Right. That
0: is so a uh, quick story on that. Yeah.
1: And I I mean, we had talked about this
0: before because he was there um, uh-huh. as odd as that might seem. Um, we run a Delta traffic accident together. Um, guy blows through a light almost 100 miles an hour, mm. hits a car. I walk right by the patient's head to go set some flares. Come, There's stuff Everywhere, I think the guy run to hide in like
2: he was fortified inside of a Taco Bell with a crowd. Oh shit! So they on his head.
0: You know, they chase the guy. We come back. I go to flare off the other side because I'm sending everybody into the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And as I look back at the car, I see my gym sticker logo. It's my mom.
1: No shit,
0: bro. So I Uh, had walked two feet from her head, had no clue. Turned around, yelled at him. And went, hey, that's my mom. And yeah. the whole thing changed. Everything yeah. started moving in slow motion. She's good now. Everything, Everything's fine. Ended uh, okay. up having a bunch of broken bones and a brain bleed and stuff. But she's awesome. Yeah. I say that to say that I didn't get assigned to that same station three months later. Uh-huh. Tones go off. Delta traffic accident. Yeah. I never thought I would be that person. Bro. My heart rate skyrocketed. Right and i'm like i
1: something's wrong something's wrong like yep.
0: and, I, and i'm like i'm fine i'm fine so i'm exactly. like trying to get to go read the notes like let mm. me just see what kind of card it is and you're like i never thought that that would have been me
1: so now listen dude it's that's difficult to talk about right like oh, it's yeah. difficult to say like this happened to me and like well it, i got i got lucky because
0: right. I, I hate to say lucky in that form but uh-huh. my captain that day happened to be one of the people on the department that i'm closest with oh nice made sure that the battalion chief was there yeah. We got to the hospital. They didn't. They didn't hover me. I went out to the rig. Hey, yeah. get let me make the choice. Do you want to go home? Are you good? Not. That's that's really good. So and I went home. And yeah, it, it just was one of those things where, but have I? You you were gonna go home. Yeah, 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 okay. There, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it made me feel like I had the choice, but it was because we were standing at the front of the rig, and it yeah. was like,
1: "Are do you, are you going home?" And yeah, to me, it was that's and, and what is that that mentality? Like you think I shouldn't want to go home? Like that that's yeah. that's the fucking part of our job that's we got to change. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah, that's and the, the
1: thing. And even then, it was and the follow
0: up with me a week later. Yeah, the chief follows up with that's me, good, bro. But yeah. for and is that standard for the fire service or was it because it's who he is? It's
1: because the people, somebody recognized what was happening that had that experience Mm -hmm. or has, has an understanding of recognizing what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't have enough of that. And uh, you know, I think that's, that's what worries me. Just, just like I said, with my story, like I, I I suffer the consequences of my decisions. That's, I accept that. But at the same time, I wish I could have had the opportunity to come back and show guys like, Hey, I made it through this. And and be that example, right? Um, for that purpose, for when somebody else goes through it, dude. Because we're gonna we have people going through it now, and that we'll go through it in the future worse than I did, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know the answers, but I hope I hope that these kind of conversations, and that's why I was really excited when I saw you guys doing this. Is I hope these kind of conversations are gonna help. This is where the change is gonna come. It's not gonna come from admin. It's gonna come from guys like us talking about this shit, yeah. and 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 guys that we look up to saying these type of things like, "Hey, I what the story you just shared? Like, hey, I, I when I had a call and it, it, I was I was anxious. This had this feeling. There's other people that are gonna relate to that, bro. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. Yeah. and that's 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 gonna speak to people. Right? And I kind of hope that we could spitball some like ideas for policy because, like, yeah. unfortunately, like mm-hmm. uh, we can kind of we can kind of push like an idea, right? Like we can be like hey, like it, you need to find somebody relatable that you yeah. can go talk to, right? Or, or however you need to deal with this. But then yeah. at the end of the day, we do need to have some infrastructure and resources in place, right? Yes. Like there needs to be something like, yes. we got a couple bullets from the Air Force's policy. Um, their members are encouraged to seek help, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only caveat is you can't seek help once you're under an investigation. So they want you to be forthcoming with the information. They've got somebody who's separate than from your supervisor. Like they yeah. obviously have different language. And their rank structure is different than ours Mm. so it's foreign to me but uh essentially they have somebody that's separate from your supervisor or your command staff that you can go and talk to um if it turns out that it's not a addiction which is uh i don't know why else you would go say you're addicted to something somebody, but um nobody finds out and gets notified oh that's cool so you go back
1: and they know this right the guys from the lower position they know they understand how this works okay uh
2: an admission of use uh, and a member seeking help will be granted limited protection. So your right. job's not, you could fail. I mean, obviously they know that, Fuck, that'd be nice. you know what I mean? Like you're going to yeah. be drug tested in yep. the military. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. like it was in college. Like I felt like I'm being from Florida. I made every drug test, right? They yeah. figured I was like, like smuggling cocaine or something yeah. up to Missouri. <laughs> from... the, the performance on Saturday determined who got drug tested. Were, were drug tests in the military the same? Like drug tests in college was I had to like drop my pants like it's down to somebody my staring ankles, yeah. pull my yeah. shirt up, yeah. all the yeah. and I'm like, "Dude, can you turn, yeah. the, can you turn the faucet on?" Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not this comfortable Dude,
3: with you looking a guy at
1: me. I I couldn't <laughs> piss because it's the first time some dude's staring at me, and he's like, "Do you want me to sing to you?" I'm like, "No," yeah. and he starts singing, and I'm like, "Oh, actually, that's yeah, helpful. thanks."
2: <laughs> can you count down from yeah. five? Yeah. But yeah, yeah so it's, it's same thing, and uh, but now you're 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 uh, you've offered limited protection because you've said, "Hey, I've got this problem." They recognize right. that it takes. A lifetime, right? To not to get a to break the addiction, sure, right? I mean, like, oh, it's that's a lifelong
1: struggle, yeah, lifelong struggle. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but you're granted this limited protection because they, I'm sure they to military test fairly regularly. Uh, it dep- so it like depends. It depends. Quarterly, uh, yearly. In
1: the army, yes. In special ops, it's more like who can pass a drug test. Okay, you guys will raise their hand. It's like usually the LDSDs are like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we're like, all right, all the LDSDs are getting tested. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's out. Unfortunately, it's the reality. You okay. know. Um. But yeah, you get randomly tested, and then out of that random batch of tests, they send a certain amount off to be actually tested. Okay. So that's kind of, that's how it works. But it's, there's
2: no, nothing like this. Yeah, but I mean like the- You fail, you're fucked. Yeah, like, so the disclosure cannot be used against a member in any disciplinary fashion. That's amazing. And uh, the disclosure is not volu- is not mandatory. obviously. you mm. can You can choose to live with it if you want, but- uh, if you're apprehended for something that's deemed illegal, like if you have a DUI mm-hmm. or whatever, caught with uh drugs on base or whatever, then the disclosure thing's gone. Mm-hmm. So they're encouraging members to be proactive. Right. Like their policy that they've set in place actually encourages people, if they can recognize that, hey, I've got this issue, yeah, come forward and talk to us because we'll mm-hmm. we're gonna take care of you because we're Everybody says it. We're the most yeah. valuable resource to any or any organization's most valuable resources is people.
1: Yeah, that's that's what we say. I mean, it's yeah. special ops they say humans are more important than hardware, right? Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something real quick before you go on. This is important, I think. Um, with with our situation, with our department, or with just in general, how I see this is happening. With, um, I lost my fucking train of thought.
2: What were you just saying? You were saying what they about have, policy or infrastructure yeah. return to uh, like disclosure.
1: Okay. Um, for me, like my biggest fear coming and saying I had already gone through treatment and I was on like a last chance deal. There's no fucking way I felt comfortable going to somebody and being like, Hey, I'm fucked up again. Right. Right. That, that is what kept me for years, a couple years, not willing to talk about it and just trying to hide it. Yeah. It's because I felt like if I bring this up, I'm fucked. I'm fired. Right. Right. That is definitely what kept me from seeking help. That the fact that I was on a last chance and I knew if I went and asked anybody or if the wrong people found out I was using it again, I was gone. And the last chance isn't in
2: our positive discipline system, by the way. Right. This yeah. Frustrating. But yeah. but so then how would like if like I said, like let's just let's just, I'd like to retouch on this. If you could with a broad brush paint the perfect picture uh, for scenario for your recovery what would it have looked like like a, from a department resource and infrastructure standpoint like having somebody like we, we've established that having some sort of relatable counselor
1: that would be that would be that's number one separate yes obviously. that would be number one because okay. I reached out to a couple people and I don't want to say names obviously but yeah I reached out to a couple guys that I trusted a week before all my shit went down and was like hey I'm fucked up again so I had already been like, I need to do something. Right. I was already mentally there, ready yeah. to get help and ready to... And then all the stuff went down and it was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, really? Um, having that, having if I would have had that person to go to, and that person should have some kind of capability to be like, okay, I can take what this guy told me and do something with it without risking him getting in trouble or discipline, right? Like I mean, essentially, if they
2: had powers to put somebody on, like admin leave, be like, hey, anything. I'm yeah. going to take you offline.
1: Just knowing there's an option, bro. Like in my situation, just knowing I had an option besides like if I tell anybody I'm fired. Right. You know, just that would have that would have helped.
2: I mean, like somebody that could take you offline Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, we're going to get you to this. Recognize that you need the maybe a a first responder specific rehabilitation. Yeah. Right. Like whatever what you went to that worked. Right. Right. And then bring you back to the floor Mm -hmm. and then flood you with kind of the same continuation of rehab, like positive because you can only focus on positive stuff. Or negative stuff like only like yes. Shaolin monks yes. can focus on nothing, right? right. So like we're yeah. either going to be like consumed with positive things, and maybe they follow up with you on yeah. Friday, Saturday night to make sure you're good, but sure. Monday through Thursday when you're doing light duty or mm-hmm. return to work, you're doing yoga and nutrition Absolutely. and mm-hmm. uh, you're doing breathing exercises. Like the shit I was doing in treatment, dude. They just was, focusing yeah. you on all that because po- we're doers, that man. Would be we amazing. Want, we yeah. want, yeah. We want to take care. We Bro, want. Yeah. I want my life to be mm-hmm. in my control, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, give me all this you know, this information and all this force, and then absolutely. before you put me back uh, into that environment where I where I was in a dark place, right? Like, give me as much light as possible, mm-hmm. and give me as much opportunity to like uh, redirect this ship before. Because like we had a, our mm-hmm. we had an individual that came forward, went to thirty day rehab, and then was kind of thrust right back into the same. That's the busy problem. Yeah. That's what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. You know I relapsed
1: saying? two weeks after rehab, bro. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, uh,
1: physically off the drug, but mentally I was not off the drug. Right. I mean, that's, that's the difference. Um, it takes at least 90 days. So the the recovery program I went to that's specific to first responders, their relapse rate is like less than 10%. They have like a 90% better than 90% rate of people staying clean in that program. And we're talking police officers, firefighters, ambulance fucking workers, uh, Even uh, dispatchers were there, you know, and military guys. So what was cool is as I started to embrace the program and and it was working for me and they saw that, we started having other like special ops guys come in, other army dudes, Marines, and they're like, they would come to me and be like, hey, this dude's really struggling. He doesn't want to be here. Will you talk to him? Dude, that gave me some purpose that I can't explain how big that was to be able to like convince a dude who didn't want to be there to be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm with you. I've been through this shit too. I get it. It helped me. I'm here. I could sleep at night. I'm not having nightmares anymore. I'm fucking, I'm doing these meditations. They're helping me. Yeah. You know, I feel better. I'm back in the gym. Something yeah. I haven't done for four fucking years, right? And and being able to share that with people and then that resonate with them and then get better and see yeah. that happen. Having, like you're saying, having something where you could come back and be part of the solution, where you're actively involved in helping other people that are going through similar things would be Magical yeah, Because yeah. that's what you need That's what recovery programs do That's the whole point of them Is to get you to a point Where you can help others And then that purpose Is what drives you To stay sober and clean And a, and a lot of the stuff Both of you just mentioned
0: it, it sounds like they There's some things That the fire service In general can implement To mm-hmm. combat these things We don't You don't need to be something wrong to do 30 minutes of yoga a day you don't right. need there to be yeah. something Dude, i wrong do I, I
1: feel great and i do it every day still and there's know? some and there's yeah. some
0: departments right now that are that are mandating it across the department where they right. do it and whether it's a, a, a true yoga session that's like a workout or if it's more of a meditation session at least
1: give the guys the knowledge and the option right that's yeah. at least yeah. give them that yeah. give them the choice yeah. give them the choice and 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 have it come from a place. don't have some fucking and part of me don't have some hippie come in and be like hey Mr. Green Beret, meditate with me. Yeah. Let's talk about trees. Like, that ain't that gonna fucking work for a guy like me, bro. Yeah. All right, I'm a, yeah. I'm a fuck barrel chested freedom fighter. Like, give me something real. You know why I started meditating? There was a ranger in there who was sitting there meditating and shit and fucking holding crystals. And I'm like, and that dude been to fucking OIF-1, fucking Afghanistan. I'm like... All right, bro. This, oh, dude's, this dude's like a legit <laughs> dude. I, I, it's he's fucking do it pretty good, you know. And I'm, that's all I, about all right. That's all about relatedness, right? Like right. you yeah. could relate to that guy. I did. That's that's, that's what, what we need, like, yeah. You, if, uh-huh. as long
2: like that's why I think it's powerful this this is going to be powerful because uh our folks can obviously relate mm-hmm. to you. You know what I mean? And opposed to you know anybody else cuz you've lived you've lived the life. You yeah. know what you know what those sleepless nights are like. You know what yeah. the trauma is, yeah. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Uh, I think the relatedness is a huge piece.
0: Well, cool. We're uh, we're now to the, uh, the part of the episode where we do our clip of the day. Um, we're basically just going to play a quick little probably 20-second clip, and mm-hmm. then you just kind of reflect on it and tell us how it relates to our uh, conversation today. Sweet.
3: Have you ever heard the metaphor of the buffalo and the cows? No. Please share. Buffalo and cows, they can both sense when a storm is coming big terrible rainstorms come and they both sense it and cows they take off running away buffalo they sense the storm and they run right at it they run right into the storm and i compare that to trauma we're just creating a generation of cows where we're making it okay for us we just let them run away from it and not deal with it and the cool thing is is cows as they're running away from the storm they get tired the storm catches up with the cows and the cows keep running they don't stop. If they stop, let the storm pass. No, they just oh, run they with stay the storm. in the storm. <laughs> so they're in this misery and shame and guilt. They're in this way longer than they have to be. The buffalo, they run into the storm and it's terrifying. Once you get past that first initial scare, that fear, and you get in the storm and then the storm passes, then they're happy and they're rested and then they, then they can enjoy what the storm gave them, the water and the grass and all that stuff.
2: Well, I think, I think this actually kind of ties back into the topic today for grit. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because does. grit, yeah. grit is how you respond to adversity, challenges, setbacks, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of talked about this a little earlier was, uh, like all humans are born the same, yeah. right? Like we all, I mean, like obviously some humans are tall, some humans are short, whatever. Yeah. Thanks bro. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it it is what it is. I mean, there's some small genetic differences, but mm-hmm. we all have same pain receptors and then it's uh, it's it's how we deal with stuff, like how we perceive things, uh, how we respond to things, how we cope with things, that really affects like our resiliency, grit, mental toughness. But grit, especially, is how are we going to act when the storm comes? Right? Are mm-hmm. you going mean, to? It's funny because he showed me this clip last week, and I, I'm like, man, that's funny. My my grandma, she was from the hills, right? Yeah. She's from the hills of Eastern Kentucky, like West Virginia. Yeah, down in the holler. Yeah, she lived in a holler. Yeah. <laughs> But she always would say every time we'd be driving, she, if the cows were laying down, she's like, The storm's coming, you know, because they're they're resting for the run, yeah. And oh, hope. that's crazy, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, and that's and, and like you said, like when you hit, and I think about when they're talking about when the cow, whether when the uh, buffalo hit the storm, and it's scary that, for you, that had to have been like the DA just talked to you and you're going in, yeah, right? Bro. Like that was it, man. Yeah. like. And then as soon as you got through that, it sounded like you made that deal with yourself. You had that upward, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of this. Right. I'm going to run through this storm.
1: I forget who said it, man. I'm big on like motivational shit, right? And uh, I forget who said it recently. I was watching a video, and he's like, I don't negotiate with myself anymore. I stopped doing that. And I was telling my son this the other day. I was like, you know, the minute I stopped doing that, because what do we do? We wake up in the morning and be like, all right, tomorrow, the night before, you're like, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning. I'm going to eat breakfast. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm gonna do legs. I'm gonna fucking and then you wake up and it's like, oh, it's raining out. I'm not gonna do legs on it's raining. You know, like you fucking yeah. negotiate yeah. with yourself. Oh, yeah. And when I when I kind of I heard that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done negotiating with myself. If I set an intention, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna fucking do it. And I think what happened when I when I did that to myself, sitting with that DA and going into court that day, and I was like, this is gonna ruin my life. I, thinking about like having felonies on your record. I couldn't this shit I'm doing now. I'm doing medical sales and all this cool shit. Now I'm I'm teaching uh weapons training. I could do any of that with a felony. Right. That all be gone. I'd be working fucking Walmart. And nothing against that, but that's what I'd be doing. I'd be trying to survive, right? Yeah. And now I'm getting to do all these things because it played out the way it did. But yeah, I I, I challenged myself in that moment and I didn't negotiate with myself. I I that's just said, awesome. "I'm moving forward." That's the grit, right? That's yeah, the, for sure. That's I turned that willpower back against negative you know like i let it 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 took over and i let it take me down and then i somewhere in there i found it again and was like no this is who i am and i no, and i used it to push myself forward again yeah
0: Yeah. and i the the thing from the clip i think everyone the takeaway for it is that all of us hit storms yeah whether it's big small all all of us hit storms and they
1: and they affect people differently man Uh, yeah
0: and if it's Mm -hmm. it you're you're not alone Yep. There isn't, and it's not like everyone's all joyous and peaceful and they don't have to go through anything. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. So just being able to be okay with knowing that you're, oh, it's coming or yeah. it's here, and that reaching out and being able to speak, to speak to those who have been through it or who have gone through similar things um, are more than willing to help. That has yeah. been the the, the consistent, um, the constant, if you will, of especially in the fire service. It doesn't matter if, if a fireman calls you from Ohio yeah. and goes, Hey, I, I got you. Yeah. That, that, the, the, we need to learn to lean on that because we all need to run through the storm.
2: So I, that, that's my, uh, that's my takeaway that's on beautiful. it. Yeah, dude. Beautiful. Well, Randy, man, I can't, I'd, I want to have you back. Like, uh, love to have you back on, um, maybe in a couple weeks, uh, we kind of talked about this. I think you and uh, Darren Waller have a very similar story and I think you two could rap about it. Me and me and Nick could go sit on the floor and watch you two <laughs> talk. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. I think get it'd be a, I think get it'd a be jersey amazing. sign too. Yeah, man. for sure. Because I mean, seriously, it's like the two of you are uh, yeah. kind of sitting at that apex of what people idolize, you know, like yeah. special ops, uh, firefighter, and you know, pro ball, yeah. professional football player. Yeah. I mean, like that's a, and, and both had a similar struggle. Like, yeah. It, it, listening to your story sounded an awful lot like his, and I feel yeah. like the two of you could rap about like what worked, what can, what continues to help you to this day. And uh, yeah. I'd like to maybe, you know, a couple of weeks try to set that up. I'd That'd love to cool, have you man. back, man. I, yeah. I could listen to you talk all day, man.
1: I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to say something before you guys wrap it up. Um, to to my fire department brothers and sisters, man, thank you guys. Uh, for all the people that reached out, I've had more support than I could have ever asked for, you know, through this this time. And our community is still it's still special to me. It's still beautiful. It's it's and and I wouldn't have made it through
2: without that, you know. So yeah. like I said, man, you're uh, mm-hmm. you're well respected and loved. And I think this gives everybody a little closure because now they see you in a good spot and doing well and happy <laughs> and killing it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So a bunch. Oh. Bravo
1: One Defense. Check it out.
2: Yeah, well, yep.
0: I'll put I'll put the link in the in the yeah. YouTube and we'll get everybody okay, uh, cool. informed of what's going on. Awesome, cool. Because yeah, when you guys blow up, I want I want to make sure it's on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome, thank you guys. We'll see you next episode. Bye.